One of the practices that I've taken on during this time of working from home and social distancing is to walk or run around my neighborhood at least once a day. This is good physical exercise, but to be honest, I do it much more for the mental health benefits. Getting outside in the sunshine is good for our spirits. And right now, the flowers are blooming and everything is green and full of new life. While being required to stay home all the time can feel a lot more like Lent than Easter, when I go outside for my daily walks, new life abounds. Trees that were bare just a couple of months ago are now that beautiful shade of light green that speaks of new growth. Flowers are blooming in every color. Birds are chirping, and every once in a while, I even catch sight of a bunny rabbit. That said, I won't pretend that this is easy or that my spirit is automatically lifted every time I walk outside. Our present situation is hard in so many ways, and a quick glance at the news only makes it harder. We're all struggling how to figure out how to do this, how to make it through a very difficult time as we move toward an unknown future. Along my walking route, there is a home where the homeowner has taken to hanging laminated inspirational quotes from a small tree in her front yard. I've stopped several times over the last month to read her tree, and I find myself smiling. This past week, she put out new quotes. As I stopped to read, one in particular by S.C. Lowry caught my eye. It says, breathe, darling. This is just a chapter. It's not your whole story. In moments of fatigue and frustration, of wondering how long this will last and knowing that it must continue in order to minimize casualties, I have repeated this phrase to myself. Breathe, darling. This is just a chapter. It's not your whole story. To draw a parallel between our current situation with COVID-19 and our gospel story today feels like a bit of a stretch. And perhaps it is, but I'm going to try to do it anyway. Both we and the disciples find ourselves locked in our homes fearing to go out and move about with the same freedom that we did just a couple of months ago. Death and the fear of death is paramount. Our worlds have been turned upside down and we have no idea how to move forward. Some of us are adjusting, others are struggling, and all are aware that we are on unstable ground. The world as we have known it is no longer. The future is very uncertain, and here we sit in the in-between. Our gospel passage for today in many ways describes that period of in-betweenness. The first part of our passage takes place in the evening of Easter Day. Mary Magdalene has told the disciples that she has seen Jesus, but the men have not yet witnessed the risen Christ for themselves. They are gathered together in fear with the doors locked, and suddenly Jesus is among them. We don't know how he got in, but that's the whole point. 
Although he still looks the same, he's still recognizable as himself, and his body bears the marks of the crucifixion, he is somehow no longer bound by the same physical limitations as you and I. Walls and locked doors are no longer barriers. Jesus appears and offers his frightened disciples peace. He breathes on them the breath of the Holy Spirit. This is John's story of Pentecost. But one disciple, Thomas, is not present. We don't know why he wasn't there. I had always imagined that other obligations had pulled him away. Perhaps his family needed him. Perhaps he had simply gone to find food for the disciples and hadn't returned yet. A colleague of mine recently made an even more intriguing suggestion, though. She said that perhaps Thomas believed Mary Magdalene. Perhaps he was out looking for Jesus, not content to stay locked up in the house, but desperately wanting to see Jesus for himself. Whatever it was that had taken Thomas away that evening, he wasn't there when Jesus appeared. When Thomas did return and heard that Jesus had come, he insisted that he wanted to see Jesus for himself before he would believe. I'm sure that doubt did play some part in his desire to see Jesus, but I imagine there was an element of jealousy and frustration, too. Why was he left out of this miracle? As the story continues, we're told that a week has gone by. The disciples are in the house again, and again the doors are closed. But this time, Thomas is with them. I love that he is still there. Even with his doubt and skepticism, he's still with the other disciples, and they still welcome him. Doubt is not a barrier to religious community. Questioning and wanting to experience things for oneself is not a barrier to religious community. Communities of Christians are comprised of those who are having a moment of sure faith, who have had personal experiences of the risen Christ, and those who are in moments of doubt and question, those who want to see and experience things for themselves. And all of that is okay. Doubts and questions are how we grow. Desiring to encounter the risen Christ is how we allow ourselves to be open to that possibility. Faith is far from simple, and even farther from uniform. All Christian communities are made up of individuals, and each individual experiences the risen Christ in their own way. When Jesus appears a second time, he repeats the opening greeting, Peace be with you. This is not an experience of fear, but one of peace. Jesus doesn't criticize Thomas. He doesn't get upset with him for not readily believing the others and wanting to see for himself. Instead, he meets Thomas's request, point by point. Thomas said, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, 
and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Jesus offers Thomas the wounds of his body, the proof of his crucifixion. But contrary to the beautiful Caravaggio painting, The Incredulity of St. Thomas, which shows Thomas actually sticking a finger in Jesus' side, the scriptures lead us to believe that touch wasn't necessary for Thomas after all. Thomas sees the wounds and exclaims, My Lord and my God, an exclamation that is a perfect profession of faith. Jesus responds, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet have come to believe. Seeing was all that was necessary for Thomas. But Jesus recognizes that many others will not even have that. By the time that John's Gospel was written, the first and perhaps even the second generation of Christians would have already died. No one alive would have encountered the risen Christ in the same way that we hear about in our gospel story. But that didn't mean that Jesus was any less real to them or to us. Our passage concludes with why John chose to write this gospel. He says that he wrote it so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. We are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We are those who have found life through our belief that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God. Although at present we may feel a strong identification with the disciples who are locked up in the house afraid, we know that this is just a chapter in our story. The disciples gathered in the in-between time. Jesus was crucified and, resurrection, and resurrected, but they had not yet begun their evangelism. They weren't quite sure how to move forward yet. I wonder if, like the disciples, we too can wait in this in-between time. I wonder if we can trust that Jesus will come to us, wounds and all, proclaiming peace. The peace that he offers does not take away the pain. It didn't reverse his crucifixion. It wouldn't prevent the disciples from suffering later. Instead, it is the promise of the peace of his presence. It is an affirmation that Jesus is with us at all moments of our lives, including those fraught with fear and anxiety and grief. The wounded Christ proclaims peace to a fearful group of disciples. He proclaims peace to us now. I pray that we as his disciples today, can proclaim that peace in his name to a fearful world. Amen.